You know what? These you intros... make these wasn't recorded, so you just sound like baffled for no reason right now. You baffled me. <laughs> I'll tell you what; these intros are going to get a little bit better. Um, speaking of which, on our Twitter handles, uh, one of the first things to check out. Speaking of which, uh, check us out on Twitter uh, at the. Uh, okay, I'm going to eat this fucking mic. Man, is having a stroke on the mic. <laughs> Yo, I, yo, that mic was like yo, thirty dollars. Delete, delete all of this. Delete all of it. Stop looking at me like that, Jamie. I'm just, I'm just waiting for future. future. All this is saying is just short circuiting. Um, I put nonsense as the fourth thing under our Twitter bio. I, I haven't been really good with social media and whatnot, but like, I think that was a good idea. I think that kind of sums up. What pretty much happened off mic before we got into this podcast? Yeah, you know what else is kind of nonsense? Talk to me. Yao Ming's ranking on your list. <laughs> <laughs> There's our segue, folks. Let's I jump thought, in. I thought I was the now segue guy. Now you have to keep guy. all of that or else it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I thought I was the segue guy here. Well, not when I can have nothing else to do but segue. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention to our viewers. I don't know if we mentioned this in part one. Frankie Dumps has basically been the Jamie of this uh, this pod series. This man's on an island by himself. It's got a nice little ZZ plant there, man. I don't know what that is. Well, it's... I know that it's this, but I didn't know that until right now. <laughs> you Guess what his name is. So it's ZZ is the plant. I want you to guess the name. Zaza. I went with, I went with Breezy. I don't know how I'm you're not supposed sure to get why, that. Yeah, why was I, I don't know how that. you're supposed to. Yo, if you said it, it would have been probably the craziest fucking response. I mean, response we can make me say it by just deleting that section and then me saying breezy. Do you hear this, guys? Frank Frankie it's... Dumps is a fraud. He's a phony. He's so, a phony. It's, it's a ZZ plant, but we're not going to name it Kodak. Like, I mean, that's just, that's, it's, it's right that's there. That's what I was also thinking, but I didn't think <laughs> you right would there. get that. Is he's, that, is he's that, too much of a hipster. Is that, that like a rap thing with your the Kodak? falling off. Is that the Kodak, <laughs> is that the Kodak rapper, Kodak yes. Black? Okay, yes. yeah, I don't the listen Kodak to The Kodak rapper, guy. he's sponsored the by the, uh, the picture company. Yo, go pick him up at CVS today. <laughs> <laughs> get him printed on 8x10s. <laughs> Stop at the freezer aisle, grab some. <laughs> yeah, it's like, an overpriced Hot Pockets. I have that in my email, I gotta print those out. 20 free prints. No, I definitely, definitely didn't get definitely didn't catch that yeah fuck all right that was a glorious segue that now we had to skip now no we're not gonna run it back out. we're editing this out but anyway so um we're here at our part two now and uh i think that in the first <laughs> we intro it already bro you guys are making this tough <laughs> so we're at a part two now and part one was part one was a ton of fun uh, we ended off, I believe, with Derek Rose as our final player we discussed and debated, right? Yeah. We did. It was right. quite the battle. Um, um, great points across the board. I, I, I'm alive, but I think I lost that battle. Yeah, I think you did too. Yeah. Uh, we'll see he what, said it, not me. We'll see what the viewers say. I, I think the peak still resonates as something that needs to be worth standing. And and here's a thing with our first player that's lined up here um, is that there really isn't a peak. Um However, I think sustained greatness is another thing that we talk about when it comes to what, how players get onto this podcast. And I really do think Yao Ming, uh, he played in nine seasons, right? And we'll call him, we'll call it eight. Actually, we'll call it seven. We'll call it seven seasons he played in because one year he was completely hurt um, or he completely missed due to an injury. Uh, final season, um, he only played, I think, like 10 or 12 games. Um, but his first seven seasons, he was an all-star in every year, averaged a double-double in virtually every year. Actually, I think every year he averaged a double-double. Jamie. 
I mean, I can fill you in. He didn't. Um, no, he did not. <laughs> well, you're wrong. I uh, am just wrong. To, just to jump in real quick. Uh, yeah. So Ming Yao, Yao Ming, uh, career averages of 19 and nine. He had a double double twice in his career, nearly three times. I mean, the 2008 2009 season, it was 19.7 and 9.9. Yeah, so we'll call it a double double. Sure, for your own sake, we'll call it a double. <laughs> All right, it went from it went from every season in his career being a double double guy to only three. I'm fine with that. Considering he was an all-star in every season. I thought you just tried to say that he's only had two career double-doubles. Right. I yes. was going to throw something at you. We have I took the candy, candy away. Yeah. Yeah. So we're clear. Um, but also a phenomenal shot blocker. Uh, average, uh, let's just say two for round six. Um, uh, rounding up to two blocks a game. It's 1.1. We're rounding up to two. Yeah. It's 1.9, sir. <laughs> yeah, let's just give him a DPOY while we're at it. I we mean, can add yeah. like an MVP or two in there as well. Yeah. It really buff up his uh, resume. And the other stat that I want to go off of Yao Ming is his uh, free throw percentage. Consistently great above 80% uh, for his career. Um, for a 7'6 guy, that's got to be a little impressive, right? I know it's, sure. not, I know it's yeah. not the thing that gets him in. The thing that gets me in with Yao Ming and why he's in my top 96 is he, through those seven seasons, he made the playoffs, I believe, I think five of the seven times. I have to get fact-checked on that. Um, was the second best player on his team next to Tracy McGrady. You could argue who's the best player on his team for most of those seasons because Tracy McGrady was uh, uh, starting to uh, fall off in his career at that point. Um, as I said, made the all-star team almost every season he played. Actually, you can say every season he played, he was an all-star. And you could argue that's due to popularity in just China. But at the same time, defensively, I don't think there was many centers in the – late 2000s that were as good as him just based on his size and he had some skill too he had a bit of a jumper had a good nice jump hook um he wasn't just an idiot on the court i mean you look you're looking at me kind of disappointed here no i it's i feel for it because it's like i understand the passion behind putting yao here but like i i, I don't see it i don't see it i mean d rose had a peak and that was like an argument from the previous episode. Yao doesn't really have one, and I'm curious uh, when Frank is available to pull up those playoff stats. How many times did they make it out of the first round? Because considering T Mac never did, uh, that playoff success isn't extensive for Yao. And while I agree that he had good offensive versatility, the center age was kind of weak because this is pre Dwight Howard. Sure. And then it's basically just him and like Marcus all Shaq is now aging out because like Shaq's real, like last dominant year was 2005, um, which Yao did play. Like he did go against like prime Shaq, but most watched NBA game in all, uh, in all time. Right. Was Yao's first, right? Yeah. Yao's well, first yeah. game against Shaq. Right. And that was a great performance. I, I just have a tough time. Like, is he, we're talking as he's an, as if he's an all time great center. I just don't see that. Um, Real quick, playoff uh, stats. So he played five, seven, seven, and nine playoff games those years, the four playoffs. Right. I'm assuming the nine is going to be a second rounder okay. exit, but um, the first three, I'm pretty sure. It's going to take a little more research to get you exact. Sure. Uh, no, no but problem. he made the playoffs four times in his eight, let's say eight. We'll call sure. it eight. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So half the seasons that he played, he was in the playoffs. Um I, I would argue that at least two, one or two of those seasons he was the best player on his team. 
And sure, I mean, T-Mac was injured despite how good he was. And the cultural influence that he provides, I think, is that extra niche that gets him into the top 96 players of all time. He did help incorporate Chinese basketball into being popularized. Uh, you know, basketball became a global brand, uh, I think, supported by Yao Ming. I think other guys like Kobe Bryant obviously helped the sport a lot more. But Chinese basketball is huge. It's bigger in China. It's almost as big in China as it is in the in the United States. Um, yeah, I, I I think that that is enough. Uh, as I just mentioned, his first game was the most watched regular season game of all time. Like people in China, they love Yao Ming. He's like, I mean, they love him more than their president. What's <laughs> up? Um, real quick, are we considering his eight seasons, including his last season where he played five games? No, so he played. He had nine years in the NBA, correct? Mm-hmm. And he had set. He had eight All Stars. One year he was out with a foot injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but up until that one through seven, he was an All Star. Yeah. And I will not. We don't have to count his farewell All Star vote. So we'll give him seven. Seven All Stars. Yeah, we'll give him the seven All Stars. Se- seven All Stars. But seven straight All Star appearances. Sure. Every year of his career, he was one of the you know fifteen twenty best players in the game, arguably. Yeah, I think. I, I'm also going to touch on a point that you just mentioned. A reason why Yao, I, my mind, made so many All-Star games. Not that he didn't deserve at least some of them, if not most of them. Uh, but as you mentioned, bringing the NBA to China, Yao Ming was the centerpiece of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a giant market that the NBA has yet to really break into uh, in any real way. And having this seven foot five man, like, monster... Not that he looks like a monster, but, you know, he's just big. Um, coming to China, or from China, to play in the NBA and, you know, play pretty well at the highest level the game has played uh, was huge. Now, I think his All-Stars image are a little inflated. Um, I mean, but not really. Hey, look, and you say he doesn't have a peak, but here's a three-year stretch where he averaged 22 and 10. And then twenty five and nine and a half, and then twenty two and eleven. Like that was a three year stretch. We're talking about the top ninety six players of all time. Yes, these essentially every player on this list has had something on par, if not better than that. And I have to say, going to to Frank's point about these all stars, three all star seasons that he has, he is playing under sixty games. So either he's playing just like playing the first half of the season, essentially and getting in and then just checking out, or it is a popularity contest while the center position is on like a weaker leg during it, this timeline. Interestingly enough, too, those three seasons are statistically his best three seasons. Where he's as low volume. Yeah. Lower volume, I should we should say. Right. Not as low, but yeah, those three seasons you just mentioned were all seasons where he played less than 60 games. Sure, but one thing to one thing to his credit, though, and I did not know this about Yao. I mean, without looking at your devices, can you tell me tell me his career th- free throw percentage? I'm gonna say it's somewhere between eighty and eighty four. Yeah, I mean, I would get I would, off top of my head, I'll say eighty two. Yeah, he's an eighty three point three percent free throw shooter, which for someone his size is not very common at all. Seven foot five people. I mean, there's not there's a ton in the NBA, but it's like it's Dirk and Joel basically for seven footers that can compare. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But but that's another part of it. So if we're just going to take a look at the skill alone and overall on court impact, 
he was the biggest thing in the league when he showed up. Seven foot five, incredible wingspan. I'm sure his wingspan was over eight foot long. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine? I'm I'm sure it was it was incredible. Um, he was at, when he first got into the league. It, he had to adjust a little bit like a lot of foreign players do. But once he got that down and we saw that towards his uh, prime, which was a little bit later in his like general life as far as years go, we saw incredible scoring years uh, combined with double-double efforts. And, yeah, I, I mean, he was the best player on his team, made the playoffs a few years, uh, made it to the second round. The playoff success isn't there. And, again, maybe he's a player I do have a little bit too high. But I think I do weigh in the fact that now, because of Yao Ming, the basketball, the basketball, basketball itself is a global sport. I think without him, it takes a couple of more years for us to really popularize again. So I think but, when we had the Dream Team in 88, I think that was like the first thing. I think Yao Ming was the next biggest globalizing event that helped the NBA prosper. Are you considering the globalization of the NBA to making him a better player? I think he was a great player. I think that when we tear apart some of these great players and why they're in the 96, like, you have to kind of, you know, pick apart. It's like, oh, how important was this? Like, for instance, Kyrie Irvin, um, who we'll get into later on in my list, is um, I have him at 68th. And a big part, reason why I have him at 68th is I think he had the biggest shot in NBA history. So moments are one thing and intangibles are another thing, but saying just, like, he made the NBA a bunch of money, I don't think is makes him a doesn't put him any higher than top 96 at least in my mind again these are subjective lists so feel free to do so but i was gonna say also to just jump in real quick in reference to i'm not there's nothing to dispute in terms of his impact you know bringing china to the rest of the basketball world um i agree it's the 92 dream team helped do that 92 Um, oh good edit sorry and uh kobe and ai deserve a ton of credit because they're quite often cited as huge influences as well um same era yeah same era um ai same hall of fame class as yao as well uh but cultural impact does matter we as we stated in the first episode i can't have that be the driving force though because you have to have a combination of longevity as well as success You, you know we referenced bill walton in the previous episode as well and even though it was really short, it was a real peak. It was a legit, like, top dog, bring a championship, making a really small market relevant. And then he had the added benefit of being able to play with Boston and being, like, a really good sixth man. And that's what preserves his career. And Yao has got very solid regular season numbers, uh, above average shooting splits for a big man, but no real playoff success to write home about. He's probably the best player on his team for like maybe three years. I mean, T Mac is going to take that title for at least a couple, and then unfortunately his health, you know, being seven five, seven six, you know, that does you know shorten your career span. Is this okay? I think I stand by my take of having him in my pyramid of the greatest basketball players of all time. I really do. I stand by that. Looking back at his career, looking back at some of the players we do have in here, for instance, a guy that does make my list, but. You know, doesn't have as much long-standing impact, I think, on the NBA as Yao Ming does in an indirect way, is Dolph Shays. Very solid NBA player, uh, won a few championships in the um, in the 50s and played in through to the 60s. Um, 
but he's a very forgotten about player, and Yao Ming will forever be remembered because of not only his size and skill, but because of what he brought to the league. And with that being said, yes, I do have him over a lot of guys that all were either just role players or contributors to, to their team in certain ways, or championship teams in ways. I, I, I Listen, I'm okay. I'm okay with the argument against with him not having you on your list. I just think that is a unique reason for a guy being so great. Sure, sure. definitely a unique reason. Uh, and on some people's lists, I, and, and you know, a little bit including mine, you know, like cultural impact definitely plays a part. Allen Iverson. Like, is outside of one finals appearance and at one MVP, um, his cultural impact may be his biggest ticket to bringing him so high into our tiers. I know he's not in tier five for us. Right. Um, I don't know where he lands in your tiers. I, I, I would have to check mine. But his cultural impact and the way he brought his, his swagger into the league, for lack of a better word, it, it that that's a huge driving force behind Allen Iverson's narrative. Well, true, but he also was riding like the top of a wave of like a new style of basketball. Almost. I think he was the wave. Depends who you ask. I don't know if I want to give him full credit for that, but he's someone who did it very well. Sure. And I think that goes to your point that, yes, they're both cultural impacts, but, I mean, Iverson was a bit bigger. I mean, his crossover is almost a move upon itself. His There's, crossover was a carry for a lot of people. We talked for about sure, this. For sure, for yeah. sure. Absolutely, as we referenced in <laughs> we the previous changed, one. We changed the rules for Allen Iverson. For sure. I mean, he has a play named after him, the Iverson cut. I mean, there are huge, like, changes that Iverson helped really bring into the fold, or at least put on the map, I should say. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I understand the cultural impact. Like I said, not disputing that. Uh, I think this is, like, a poll question. That's what I'm excited about. Last episode was D-Rose. This episode, I think, is Yao. Um, put to a poll and see, you know, would people have him in, you know, this a top 100 essentially of NBA players all time? Yeah, I would say like, I don't think it, my my sort of uh, one is going to be like, I don't think Yao is a top 96 player, but top 100 makes me think a little harder. And I know it's only four spots, but like numbers, regular season Yao is incredible. You know, lacks a bit of playoff success, does have the cultural thing. Like he's. He's like, I mean, I want to keep using the reference, but he's face against the glass right here. Like, <laughs> I, I, I might have to think about top 100. I mean, top 125, I feel pretty comfortable putting him in. Right, and and how many players have made seven straight all-star appearances? Like, they're, like that list gets a little small. Okay, well, uh, my opinion is that some of them are a little embellished. But You keep saying that. I, I mean, I didn't he's, want to he's not alone, because I, I concur. Because, I mean, we, we looked at it three seasons. He's under 60 games. We talked about it being a popularity contest. It, honestly, the past, like, 15 years, it's been a bigger popularity contest. So that's the only thing I would say in terms of influence. I mean, the dude's a top 10 player all time in terms of influence on the game of basketball, 100%. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a, it's certainly a poll question because I'd be curious yeah. to see what people would I say. I think we're going to have another poll question by the end of this episode with a, a later player. But, I mean, I think once – these socials get kicking. I think we have some interesting polls to put up. All right, let's let's get with it. What's our uh, next topic here? Our next player, yeah, uh, is a one that's already made an appearance on our podcast. Um, oh, in the first oh episode. Boy. Oh, uh, I want this one. <laughs> someone who at one time shit on Kyrie Irving is now having him ranked nineteen places higher. Yeah. Than Texas. That is, yeah. So, if you guys listened to our first episode, we uh, I thought a good way for us to introduce our personalities is talk about players that we were 
in favor of and against or did not enjoy. And Kyrie Irving was a player that I chose as my antagonist towards. And I was antagonistic towards um, for a few reasons, playmaking, leadership. I just think he's overrated. But obviously, I rate him higher than Texas, which is very weird. Like this is this is so interesting. I would have thought you would have ranked Kyrie Irving at least based off our conversation two three weeks ago a little bit higher. Yeah, I think, and I said it, you know, certainly off uh, off pod and a little bit to last episode. I have a tough time ranking current players. Like obviously, there are a handful that will appear later on this pyramid. It's difficult, man. Um, yeah. But like for... LeBron guy. Yeah, that LeBron guy. <laughs> you know, maybe a few other former Golden State Warriors. But, uh, you know, I think Kyrie is, is kind of a, a anomaly because you have supreme level of talent that's not going to waste but almost becomes questionable in its usage at times. Right. Obviously, I'm referencing the Boston Celtics season that he had which I was really waiting for that to just him to blow up and oh, be yeah. like an absolute terror. And that just didn't exactly happen. He had a productive year, but it was Tatum, it was Brown, and those guys that kind of took over the show. And while, you know, we mentioned this in a previous pod as well, while there was, you know, he could have been the X Factor to beat the Cavs in 2018, he still wasn't there, and we don't even know if he would have made that team better because at that point it looked like the Seas were just better without him. Mm-hmm. It certainly seemed tem- team chemistry. Let's not forget about Scary yeah. Terry. Scary, scary Terry. Terry. Yo, he's balling on the Hornets. Side note. I w- yeah. Balling on the Hornets doesn't mean much. <laughs> Gordon Hayward also, former Celtic, <laughs> balling on the Hornets. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so, yeah, no, shout them out for actually you know making the Hornets you know not only fun to watch but semi-competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, going back to Kyrie, I mean, I'd have to pull up the numbers. Uh, the first, certainly his rookie year was – fun Cavs are still bad and then I think the next two years before LeBron gets there um they're still bad like they're still not good he's that's just it like they're just not great rookie of the Uh, year though and rookie of the year and and in that rookie he had probably the most entertaining Friday night I think we've seen in NBA All-Star Weekend. Ah, yes. Destroying Braden Knight's self-esteem. Back to back crossover at a time. Oh my god like I never remembered a player getting more like like action and views and just like Who is social there? media attention Kyrie Irvin on a Friday night of NBA All-Star weekend Who was he crossing up? Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight. Didn't Brandon Knight almost literally die to DeAndre Jordan? Correct. Okay. He's died. I, I mean like he's also talk- blown a yeah. game winning layup on a fast break. <laughs> Brandon Knight's had a rough outing. And he's uh, a solid player. He's it's a, a solid shame. NBA I mean player. hey, he turned he got paid by the Suns. It seems like everyone can find their way to get a paycheck from the Suns. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, good for him. You know, he's set, but he's had some tough, tough outings on film. But but just going back, I just want to note that because Kyrie Irving's rookie year and sophomore year were like, like people who he's were electric. like, elite, yeah, yeah. Wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. <laughs> Don't trend. I hope that's not TM somewhere. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely electric player. Uh, the reason, like I said, I have a tough time ranking current players. Um, his resume is already pretty darn solid. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. As you had mentioned, he probably has the most iconic, arguably the most iconic uh, jump shot in NBA history. Yeah, I actually want to get into that a little bit. So He definitely has some competition, I'll say. Yeah, I mean, you got like there. a few Michael Jordan shots. A few. Um, <laughs> one, or, one or five. Third, one, you have one or five Michael Jordan shots. Um, I think that you have uh, – Craig Elo, I think, is the one that comes to mind. Um, shot heard around the world. 
the when he pushed off the uh, dude's leg, which I think is a very overrated play. Brian Russell. Brian Russell. Yeah, the shot of Brian Russell in the in the six game six of the '98 Finals. Um, but then you really start getting to play off like the biggest shots in playoff history, like Ray Allen, obviously. Ray Allen. <laughs> Ray Allen uh, Robert Ray, pick one of Robert Horry's shots. Yeah, any like three of Robert Horry's big shots. Um, but I don't think any of them come close to how big Kyrie Irving's 2016 Game 7 shot was. One, he also hooped the entire series. He had a 40-point game dueled with LeBron in Game 5, which was incredible. Um, I think for that series average, again, Frank, you can look this up, might need it. Um, I think he averaged north of 25 points a game during that series. Um, And the amount of legacies that changed based on that single jump shot is is pretty astounding. LeBron James, without that, has, I mean, counting this past Lakers final, has two finals uh, wins up to that point. Doesn't get his last one with Cleveland. May not want to leave Cleveland just yet. Maybe he stays a little bit longer. Just a thought. Just a thought. Kevin Durant, why would he leave Golden State? Why would he get that text message from Draymond Green the other night of, like, saying, like, yo, we, we may need you. This could happen. Like, without that text message, I don't think Kevin Durant's thinking, Oh, maybe I'll sign with the guys that just three one me, because mm. they because they don't want me. They wanted him because they lost. They had to retool and get better. Without that shot, they don't retool and get better. They are just the best still. So Kevin Durant, I don't think leaves Golden for Golden State. He stays with Oklahoma City. That changes a lot of different scenarios in the NBA. Um, yeah, I just think uh, we'd look at Steph Curry's legacy a little bit better. Um, then he, you could argue he'll have three straight finals wins that much faster. We'll see how the rest of his career plays out. It, it just, the rest of the league revolved around what the Cavs and the Warriors were doing. More importantly, the Warriors. And that shot was, yeah, it changed so many people's career. Game seven, I think it's the biggest shot in NBA history. I mean, I agree that I think you have like two or three shots that you can confidently say are like some of the best shots in playoff history. I think you went off a very long trail of what ifs there to, to as part of your justification. Sure. Not that they couldn't happen. Sure. Uh, but when I feel like when I if I needed to objectively say tops, you know, whatever and whatever, I mean, you got to look at the actual exact impact or like close to it. Yeah. Uh, what would you say was the the best if you had to just think of it right now? You know, maybe read more research later, different answer. But right now, if you had to pick a top shot in playoff history off the top of your head. Uh, I mean, most monumental. I, I think I'll side with Ray Allen's um, in that here. game six. You'll see, you agree, you concur with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it was just so much was going on. The Spurs had such a, you know, they're the dynasty really of the past couple of decades, uh, you know, pre-Warriors. Um, I mean, LeBron's legacy, you know, that's constantly like thrown in and that's like the narrative behind that. It's his legacy's tarnished if that shot doesn't go in, that kind of thing. Also, I mean, the play was action-packed, too. Like, you know, the LeBron just made the three, like, a possession before, just barely missed this one. Bosch gets, like, a wild rebound. Duncan's not in the game. What the hell? And then Allen hits, like, a still tough shot, despite it's Ray Allen, one of the best sh- shooters ever. Yeah, um, that decision there's by so Popovich much. was crazy. I, I mean, we, can't, we, can't, we don't have to it's dive all It's hindsight. Yeah. yeah. 
I think that we are going to eventually revisit uh, a um, best plays or something like that. Try to get some mini pods in where we take a look at moments in, in NBA history that were crazy for various different reasons. But that's that's you know its own thing. But you could argue that LeBron's legacy changes even more so with the with the Cleveland shot versus the Ray Allen one. I mean, I personally see it as that way. Um, There's definitely a case to be made. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of goes back to what we said before. It's like moments do matter. And does that change, you know, a career aspect um, at all? Like affect the ranking. Now, this isn't unlike, you know, Yao or, uh, you know, Derek Rose, who weren't on my list. Kyrie is on my list. And I think I have more of an affinity to be willing to move him up from the current 87th rank that I have him presently. But you don't think you get him close to 68? 68, yeah. I think that's a little too high. Um, you know, because, you know, as we said, 65 is, you know, the end of Tier 5. So because of that, I think I'm inclined to keep him sort of in the middle uh, and wait and see. I mean, he's averaging 27 this year. The yeah. Nets, the Nets are steamrolling. Missed it's a lot terrifying. of games. He did a miss a lot of games, but he's scoring at a very high clip. Right. Um, His averages were kind of helped last year, too, because he only played 20 games. Um, so, you know, that will affect. But, I mean, if the Nets get a, a chip this year and he's sitting on two rings as, you know, probably the third best player, I'll say, on this team for what that's worth because Katie and Harden are better. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a huge legacy booster. And then it's no longer a question if he deserves to be here. It's Is he a Tier 4 kind of guy, I think, at this point? Maybe even a Tier 3 guy with two, Potentially. Finals, two, two rings, depending on how he performs in the playoffs. Absolutely. I, so so the potential is there. Um, just go over a few other Kyrie stats that kind of helped me propel him to the 68th thing. Um, so he has another All-Star appearance, which is his seventh now. Uh, Rookie of the Year in uh, 2012. And uh, the you know, the 2016 uh, NBA Finals shot over uh, Stephen Curry. I think that another thing that gets overshadowed when we talk about our list is we talk about you know impact of the game on and off the court, um, accolades, uh, championships, how great of a teammate they were. I think with Kyrie Irving, we need to just straight up say this guy may be one of the most skilled point guards ever when it comes to scoring the ball in NBA history. You guys in previous podcasts have already argued that he may be the best dribbler in NBA, in NBA history. Um, yeah. I didn't say history. I said currently. Currently. Okay. He Texas. was saying more history, but also had some other names to talk about as For well. sure. There are definitely other names in you're the conversation, com- but I was, yeah. I'm content in saying he's the best I've ever seen in I think NBA history. Yeah. Um, he can score on every part of the court, something you mentioned. Um, uh, an outstanding finisher. Phenomenal shot creator, great deep range threat. Um, yeah, there's not really any other guy. There's a reason that his point totals get so crazy, and you know, I think his career high is 57. Yeah, it's 57 points. He scored it in Cleveland against the Spurs one day, right, or one night. Uh, I just think that we need to acknowledge how skillful of a player he is to go along with his accolades that he does have currently: multiple All NBA appearances, seven-time All Stars, and obviously the championship. Yeah, the only two things I wanted to bring up was he is a two-time All-NBA guy as opposed to the seven-time All-Star. Um, you know, granted, I mean, I'm having a hard time thinking of when the point guard position has never been more stacked in NBA history because it feels like everyone has an elite point guard. Yeah, I agree. Somewhere on their team. This is this um, is the this is the era of the point guard. Yeah, it's like the '90s with centers. Right. That's it. so. I don't. 
doesn't hurt him so much, but it doesn't. It certainly doesn't help. Sure. Um, and another thing I read from his basketball reference page, I've never heard him call this before, but under nicknames, it's World B Flat. And that's one of the best things I've ever read <laughs> in my life. That's, that's actually um, that's actually kind of good. I never heard that one before. Man. Yeah, that's incredible. Obviously, referencing to World Be Free. World Be Free. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, former Sixer. Uh, but yeah, my goodness, that is freaking hilarious. It sounds like um, one of those that, like Wikipedia edits that people like put up there just to make fun of you, and we just forget about it. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, he's also Uncle Drew. This is true. That's a great nickname. Dude's got a movie. He's got yeah. a whole movie. Is it two movies or just one? No, uh, just one. He had the one. I'm, he might have oh, been okay. in another I one, but about it. I only or know about the one. The, he had the his movie. commercials, right? Yeah, it yeah, was just yeah, all yeah, the, the Pepsi ad. commercials. Yeah, yeah, it was Pepsi ads. Which I mean, they were fantastic. About, yeah, they were some. They were like mini movies in the, their own. Yeah, the K Love was in that too. They got all the old heads. Yeah, it was the first a good time. one. The first one was the, like, in my opinion, after a while, they got kind of dramatic with it. But the first one, I was like, "Yo, is this real? Because this is hilarious." And it looked real, but obviously it was staged. But it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, and that that was. You know what? Arguably one of the best NBA player commercials of all time. We got to yeah, yeah, listen, I'm going to say that. Best NBA Is player commercial move up your of all time. Again? <laughs> you know what? I may need to I may need to reevaluate my, my list. Reevaluate my list after thinking that. Um these little things, they matter, man, when you got nitpick around and you know, For 96 sure. great players. Yeah, I think we can conclude in saying he's definitely a tier 5 guy. Mm-hmm. Uh with I, a long way to go. For sure. Yeah, and that's the that's a beautiful thing. I think he still has more time if he wants to. Uh, side note, him. side note, he has an all-star game MVP. This is true, 2015, 2016. Something like that. Um, it was whenever it was in NOLA with those fresh jerseys. Yeah, that was a good year. That was yeah. a really good year. A good all-star game, too. For sure. Um, he has an all-star game MVP. If he wins a finals MVP with the Nets, does he make Tier 3 for you? I will not say Tier 3. Uh, that does leapfrog him into Tier 4 for me. Um Tier three is tight though, and that's kind of the struggle. Is tier three and tier four, I think, will actually have more discrepancy than like tier one and tier two. Yeah, because it's so tight, and it's like it feels like you're disrespecting more so. Like once you get to the top ten, someone I'm sure I'll piss off, but realistically, it's they're all deserving. It's really hard to move people out of the tier one and tier twos. I I I actually did it. Recently, when we went to revise this list, a guy dropped out of tier two to tier three. I can't okay. wait till we go over it, but it was actually one of the hardest decisions I've made in the last three weeks of my life. Uh, We're so fortunate that's the case. Is, uh, All-Star MVP 2014. That's 2014. very early right, in his right. career. That's three years into his career. Yep. Just something, yeah. something to think about. Just, And we'll see how he goes. Again, very young career. Um you have you don't you do not have Damian Lillard in your your pyramid, do you? Uh, no, and it it hurts uh, being reminded that. being Respect. reminded that he's not in your list. Or his, his favorite player in the NBA, who Did is considered a superstar, is not on his list. He was close for me. He's on my list of players that it's like you got to mention why I'm not mentioning him. It's like Damian Lillard for me. He just needs he need like they did make one conference finals run. Yeah, that was fake. I mean, it was not fake. It was fake. <laughs> it wasn't fake. They barely beat the Nuggets. I thought the Nuggets should have won that series. It's not a, well, they it's were not better. A barely. You don't I, barely yeah. win a seven-game seven series. Game, it was yeah. a seven-game series that <laughs> won seven games. You I barely mean, win it, one it, game. You don't barely win seven games. And then they got games. their asses kicked <laughs> okay. in the conference finals. All right. Well, all right. Now, for Kyrie, since we're stuck on this, does he get less credit because that was a Game 7 series in the finals? Is it not impressive? Like, why couldn't you beat him in four? Like, that's ridiculous. 
okay, then why isn't Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard in or above Kyrie Irving? Is it the championship? The championship is huge. Because um, Damian Lillard and Kyrie Irving's stats are very similar. For sure. The accolades. Huh? It's the accolades. Yeah. Yeah, and they're accolades. It, it's the accolades for Kyrie Irving is what you're saying. The All-Star Game MVP. The uh, Seven All-Stars. Seven All-Stars. Um, he has a few. He, I think he has a year or two on Dame. Uh, not actual-wise because Dame was a four-year student at Weber. Or Weber. Right. Yeah, Weber State. Weber yeah, State. Yeah. Two All-NBAs for, for Kyrie. I think Dame has actually made a few, too. Yeah, I mean, the career averages are definitely comparable. I mean, yeah, it, it, uh, having the playoff success – you know, I give him success for in Boston. Certainly, he's doing fairly well for himself with the Nets. But another thing I value too is, so I value all NBA selections because you actually have to be selected as one of the best players for a season. Right. And if you have multiple all NBA selections, I immediately consider you to be in one of my lists. And um, it's really tough to do that in a league with Stephen Curry. Well, he kind of touched on it with all the point guards you have in the league. Um, it's very tough to get an All-NBA nod because um, there are a lot of guys that are consistently making it. I just figured it was worth noting that, like, you know, Dame Lillard, a guy that's similar numbers, similar trajectory, it's just he's missing this. And the whole point of this to say before I got, you know, caught off by, by you was I value championship appearances a lot. Like, you made it to the finals. You were the second best team in the league you know, to a point, and you lost in the finals. Like, Iguodala had five championship appearances. He had those long playoff runs, that many playoff games under his belt. Kyrie Irving had four straight finals runs, and although he was hurt for one of those finals, and we can get into hypotheticals, but that would be a big waste of time, but that's a lot. When the Raptors won the chip in, what, 2018? 2019. 2019. I was just thinking about the beginning of the season. Right. Um, the Warriors are not the second-best team in the league. Who? What were they? The best team in the league? No. Who was? Best team in the league? In 2019. Probably the Raptors. And then you got, like, the Bucks. Like, the Are we Warriors incorporating were... injuries? Yes. Okay, yeah, then. You could say, that you could say the Sixers were the best team in the league and the Raptors beat them. I yeah. think so. I think that year the Sixers were the team to beat. More talented. Because I looked at them and I thought that, okay, Golden State is having some issues with Kevin Durant being in and out. Even when he comes back off the Achilles, I don't trust it. Uh, Clay Thompson was starting to face injuries even before the finals, and he was coming in and out. Um, but he I was just out. Huh? I no, he was just out. No, he came back, and then he like reaggravated an injury, and that was kind of it for him. But either way, I like was doubting the Warriors at that point, along with a lot of people. I thought the Sixers were the most complete team, best offensive, defensive team, had leadership. Um, they were all in at that point, and. Yeah, the only problem was, and I'll say the same thing about the Nets this year, the Heatles, they needed more time to kind of mesh. Yeah. That offense had, or that team had no accountability. It was kind of just a bunch of stars yeah. running the offense in their separate There's ways. obviously a lot of media on this with J.J. Redick and mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy Butler all being very vocal, Brett Brown himself being vocal about why that didn't work out. Obviously, And you still have a couple of guys there from that team, Tobias, Joel, Ben, who are the three best players in the Sixers now. I, listen. I think the Sixers, if they don't win a championship this past, like, if we combine the next few years and the past, like, three years, it'll be pretty disappointed. I'm a Philly fan, so I'll expect it. <laughs> um, anyway, so let, let's let's wrap up Kyrie here so we can move on. Sure. Uh, I'll just say that I think you guys are pretty close. I'm, like, pretty dead set in the middle between your guys' ranks. Right. If I had to lean, I would lean Texas, but, like, that's if you had a gun to my head. Right. Um, next up on the list uh, – we have a player we've already touched on as a point of reference against Kevin Love. 
Uh, I'm sure we don't have to say too much more. If we, anything you want to put out there, guys, we can. But we got Chris Bosch. I said that right. I thought I said Brosh or something like that. <laughs> uh, Chris Bosch not being ranked on Cody's list, but landing at 84 for Texas. So you – and now <laughs> – so the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> Why is good Kevin Love on your list if you have Chris Bosh on your list as 84? I also have Kevin Love, which we are already argued. Very similar careers, very similar uh, um, accolades and numbers. You can be nitpicky with who, how they dominated or how they played. But I had him at 90. You have Chris Bosh at, at 84. Yeah. So explain yourself, fool. Sure. I mean, gladly. I, I look at... I mean, the easiest to point out is two chips. I mean, and you can say he's the third best player. Uh, I'd argue he has, you know, Draymond levels of impact in that, you know, with that first championship uh, Warriors team. Steph is the most important player, most valuable, but then Draymond's second in terms of what else he's bringing to the table. And I feel the same thing because LeBron is the first for the Seattle squad that we're talking about and it's Bosch's second because Bosch is the interior mm. defense. He is turning into the stretch big and he is the reason they are able to do that switch defense. Otherwise it's basically LeBron at center or Joel Anthony or Chris Anderson. Remember Birdman? Yeah, man. Unfortunately. Like, holy shit. So he the, played on a lot of teams. Yeah. He did. And, and it's just a rim protector, you know, on a real cheap uh, deal. Um, Chris Bosch was able to make that team legit. D. Wade, definitely the second best player, obviously, on that team. Sure. Uh, hell, I mean, the 2011 finals, he was actually the best player for the Heat. Um, but it's Bosch who has the second most value because that defense can only operate if Bosch is there. Um, he's another positive cog. Offensively, because he's their best post player, which is the easiest buckets, and this is still the early 2010s we're talking about, where post is not dead in the water just yet. Uh, and yeah, also I think has like more, not more, but intangibles I do value because I think LeBron and Wade have a little bit of diva streak. Bosch really sacrificed so much, not only in play style but also just what's the word I'm looking for, but. Like stardom, essentially. I mean, in Toronto, he was an all-star, all-NBA level talent. And he now gets has to leave his team to go to D. Wade's. LeBron leaves Cleveland, but he gets to be the star in 2012 minimum, if not 2011. So he had to sacrifice the most. Makes the defense work. Uh, Two-time champ, as I mentioned before. He has one all-NBA appearance, but is 11-time all-star. So, yeah, he doesn't have the all NBAs that Kevin Love has, but he has the. I think Kevin Love has the two versus yeah. Chris Bosch's one, but he has more right. all star appearances. Right. But but I would argue a lot of those all star appearances, especially in the Toronto years, like I talk about empty stats, and I think his stats were very empty because a lot of them were just scoring. And a lot of it was, you know, his rebounding was decent, um, maybe defensively, offensive rebounding. He wasn't the best guy, uh, whereas Kevin Love dominated on both sides of the boards. I just think that a lot of it came to, okay, who's going to score, Bargnani or Bosch? Then that's a dumbass question. It's going to be Bosch. It's not going to be him. It's not going to be Calderon, like whoever the else the fuck they had in that on, during those runs. The, the Raptors were awful in the early 2000s. I think Bosch made them more relevant, albeit 
the West was more competitive than the East, but Bosch made that team like something before DeRozan and Lowry, because otherwise, I mean, they're kind of bottoming out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think the Timberwolves were awful. The Timberwolves were right. awful during the same. During, uh, I mean, they've been an awful franchise. To be fair, existence. Yeah. Bosch had one All NBA. Yeah, yeah, one yeah, All-NBA yeah. to, I think it was Kalos too. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think to the rebounding discrepancy, Kalos a better rebounder, uh, but I don't think his offensive rebounding, excuse me, is far superior unnecessarily. Bosh here is averaging two and a half to three offensive rebounds a game. Uh, defensively, he's averaging a block every season minus his final two, and too intermediate with the Heatles. But entire time in Toronto, he's averaging about 1.2 to 1.4 blocks per game. So he has some uh, rim protection. He is fouling either two and a half to three times per game, so it's not extreme. He's not like a Mitchell Robinson who normally can't stay on the court because he's fouling too much. So I just see a disciplined, super talented player who sacrifices to make a team better. And that leads to legitimate playoff success, whose career also got cut short because of blood clots. Yeah, I think Chris Bosh is a little tra- tragic because the Heat are such a well-run organization, and he probably would have took a pay cut to stay there. And to see what it, the way they're well, able to retool so fast, it would have been nice to see him make some more playoff runs. So, And that's the thing, is he had to retire at 31. So... While he's out of his prime... Another reason he's not on my list. There's three or four... You know, again, what if probably three or four good seasons to get out of Bosch? That those numbers could impact how we view a K Love. Um, Who does have less games played, to be fair? Uh, you're saying K Love has less games played? Yeah, it's, it, Kevin Love, uh, in my research, was around 715 games played, whereas Chris Bosch was somewhere in the 800s. We don't have to be very exact. 893. Yeah, right. we don't have to be very exact with things. Uh, <laughs> Or we do. <laughs> or we thanks, do. Thanks, I have a Jamie. laptop. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'm just taking in totality impacts on the game, uh, showing, like, LeBron ball really starts in Miami. Sure. The, like, the Cavs, it's the LeBron show, absolutely. But LeBron ball is, he's your playmaker, and you're surrounding him with shooters who are also good switchable defenders. Uh, we had a year with a couple with Delonte West, Wallace Kerbiak, Daniel Gibson, Mo Williams, all very good shooters. Like But that's not and that's Jonas Elgaskis was there but a lot longer for, for that reason. Uh, I guess the point is you're not getting that like switchable big. Because they tried sticking old man Shaq next to him, uh Big they Ben got, Wallace. They got desperate, bro. Yeah, and I totally but I, I think Bosch is obviously more talented than those guys were at that point, but he is the Swiss Army knife. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm giving like credit to you know i'm a sucker for versatility uh and i think that's what i'm you're getting at a bosh and that's why i think he deserves to be on the list is 84 perhaps too high potentially there are a few guys that i said before like i'd probably have higher you know in you know taking a harder look at but i mean he's still a top 96 guy for me i'll add chris bosh to my 96 somewhere if you add kevin love I don't know if I'm actually doing that. Um, <laughs> it's fine well, if we agree to disagree, but uh, yeah, K Love. I need K Love to come back. I guess I need K Love to still produce because it's simply like ticky tack injuries, not a life threatening thing that's stopping him from playing. I would love to see him 
I would love to see him end up in a situation like with a with a Portland or with a you know it would have been nice to see him on Houston before they got rid of uh, Westbrook and Harden. I don't know how they right. would have made that cap work out. Been a couple of guys making bet minimums in those three. <laughs> a couple. I think yeah. that's the rest of the team. Um, Miami. The coaches. It's just like I would love to see him or Boston end up in a situation where he could thrive among a bunch of players who need an excellent floor spacer, which is what he was. And Chris Bosh to his to his account was that version. It just Kevin Love was willing to step back two or three more feet and be efficient with it. So sure. So yeah, I, I mean I think I put I take K Love shooting over Bosch's scoring in terms of like a modern NBA team. Like I want mm-hmm. I like the spacing for K Love. I like the playmaking. Mm-hmm. Bosch has had some you know, we were talking about the biggest shot of all time in playoffs. Bosch was a part of it. He's made some big plays. Bosch also has MVP award shares. An interesting little tidbit. He had multiple MVP votes uh, throughout his town with the Raptors. Not, you know, again, you, you, may, you may call it empty, uh, and I understand why you're saying that. Uh, just something to consider as well. Sure. I think if I had to – and this is really easy for me to say because, like, I don't have a, other people to consider. You're picking if, nits. Yeah. I mean, no, no. I'm saying, like, where I place it according to what you guys said. Uh-huh. I think Bosch makes my list, but he's on the inside of the door, like, with his head on it facing out, like, he barely makes it for me in my Someone's mind. Someone's there yeah. staring at Iguodala. He's out there looking at Iggy and the other men's like, hey guys. Some would say he's the Velociraptor sneaking his head in the door from Jurassic Park. We don't want to be in this. Oh, yeah, with yeah. the car. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Had to call oh. Bosch a dinosaur somewhere. This is why you got to run our social media. That was clever as hell. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Bosch sneaking into our top 96. <laughs> no, oh, but, uh, but so Kevin Love, you would say, is out. Chris Bosch would be in your top 96. Yeah, but like... It's close yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they, you know, you fuck around and K Love comes back to be like a solid role player and maybe role play a chip. Like this conversation is completely different. But, I mean, okay. or get help, get the Cavs into the playoffs. I mean, that's an accomplishment. So. We'll see. They're they're you know we're not talking tier three. We're talking tier five. Tier three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you bring right, these Cavs exactly. to the playoffs. You get the Cavs to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah that's a go convo right there. <laughs> so uh, move it on. Yeah. So next we have a. Uh, a little break from the arguing side of things. We have a oh, baby. exact agreement between the two of you with uh, Earl Monroe. Oh, yeah. I just want to touch on this yeah. one. We talked about this in pre-production. Yeah. So we went, uh, again, our Tier 5 list, just for a quick reminder to our listeners, is 96 to 65, an all-time ranking of 96 players through six tiers. Uh, the top tier being just three greatest players of all time according to me in Texas. Um, I can't wait till we get to that. I'm sure we have that uh, different. Um, anyway, so of from 96 to 65, we had exactly one player that shared the same exact spot. And it may uh, – listen, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the only player that shares the same no. exact ranking from 1 to 96. And that was Earl the Pearl Monroe. Uh, obviously won a championship with the Knicks in 1973 alongside – the best, I think, the best uh, color commentator in sports, um, mm-hmm. Walt Clyde Frazier. Um, along Mike Breen, too. I was about to say it. Knicks fans are spoiled, yes. bro. Absolutely spoiled. And they have the shittiest seas- seasons and teams, and they got the best. Co- That's the only reason I would tune into Knicks games is just to hear Clyde. Bang! Bang! And then Clyde with this smooth-ass voice and these great metaphors. The and freshest man, suits, too. The freshest suits, and your mother it's wants bold. to fuck me. She just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> she doesn't know it. Or she already has. Or oh. she already has. Also, very underrated all-time performer. 
dude shows up in the finals routinely. We're talking about Frazier, that is. Frazier, Frazier, yeah, he's on. Yeah, I'm sure he's on both our top 96. I don't know what tier he's in for me, but he's definitely on there somewhere. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna say three. I'm gonna, I want to say three or four for me, but we'll get to it. Um, right. also, you had uh, uh, Reed on that team. Probably the best player on the team, arguably. Too. Yeah, Willis Reed, uh, yeah. only guy ever to have an NBA MVP, All Star Game MVP, and Finals MVP in the same year. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, but going back to the third best player on that team, uh, Earl the Pearl Monroe, uh, two way a two way guard, um, was able to facilitate a little bit for the Knicks during that season, and uh, actually had a pretty interesting career beforehand. Um, or excuse me, uh, yeah, beforehand before he got to the Knicks, um, putting up some stellar numbers defensively as well. I just think that when you think when you talk about it. The Knicks in 73 were a bit of outliers. So the league was headed in a direction where they didn't have Bill Russell and um, Wilt Chamberlain anymore hanging around. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just kind of was able to get a championship because the Bucks were like, oh, we're going to salvage as much of Boxer Robinson we can um, because we have Lou uh, Alcindor in our team. Um, but then, like, there was a couple of years there. It's like, okay. Who's the guy in the league right now that's killing? That's going to be a dominant. And the Knicks were that team. The Knicks and the Blazers, I think, were those teams that were just those outliers. And we have to give credit, I think, to uh, uh, Earl the Pearl. Also, the nickname's phenomenal. Oh yeah, I mean Earl the Pearl, uh, Black Jesus, before Michael Jordan took it. Yep. Um, Michael Jordan still does have nicknames. Thomas name Edison. Yeah. I have to read this basketball reference page now. And the Lord's Prayer. I mean, that's. That's fire. I think that's, <laughs> that's I think that might that's be the best nickname collection I've ever heard. Yeah, hundred percent. It's better than yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do have an extensive nickname collection that I don't, I'm afraid does not compare. Yeah. But uh yeah, it was a pleasant surprise uh having him ranked identically. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just a terrific player in a weird era to try and analyze because there are plenty of advanced metrics that simply don't exist. And even stats then are just kind of getting into frame, mm-hmm. so it's tough to give like how much you know how much credit you're gonna give. Um, one time champ, one time All NBA, four time All Star, Rookie of the Year. I think the most interesting stat that I can I found was he was an All NBA player in his second season, which is pretty wild. Uh, but right, yeah, I mean. Other than that, not much else to say. I really wish he became a Sixer. Dude's a Philly native, so yeah. That would have been nice, but alas, never did. Yeah, but it may. I, I'm in. I'm gonna be interested to see if there's any other Earl the Pearl Monroe matchups where we have like a a guy who falls in the same category. If not, we may just have to just put his jersey on the wall. This is pretty <laughs> incredible. Right. He may be the one of '96 who matches the same exact ones. I'm not gonna count our top like maybe ten because we may run into some situations. Sure. Yeah. But in, like our but to have somebody from '65 to '96. Uh yeah, that that matches. That's that's pretty awesome. I'm pretty happy about that. Absolutely, probably very rare, especially this far out from the top. Um, pretty cool, pretty cool phenomenon. We just wanted to kind of touch on really quickly. I need to stop saying touch on. Um, the next person we're talking about is actually someone who has had, uh, has been the root of an inside, uh, joke or like a nickname for one of us before. Uh, career. Not career, but big six man slash starter for the Spurs throughout a lot of their championship runs, Manu Ginobili. 
Yeah. I don't know why I got this from you guys. It's because you guys love to fuck with me and be like, you're the bench player, but we need you. It was okay. So we were, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but basically we were the Spurs and you were like the sh- corner three shooter, but you're also goofy as fuck. And <laughs> turn the ball over and use them out. <laughs> so we called you Chernobyl because yeah, you had to be the Chernobyl. Spurs. Yeah. Um, I but, think I, I think I wore that on my uh, my sleeve and I've used it to become the best basketball player in our friend group. Hot take. I mean, so who, I haven't lost one on one. Who's so. better than you? Yeah. Uh, listen, you're right. You haven't, but I still pick me over you. I mean, the I only, hope so. The only guy, the only guy that used to give me comp, and like at this point because he's working on his second child, is Connor. But even even then, I think like there was a time where we played a game at Penn State Brandywine. I hit like my signature signature. I've only done like two or three mid game step back threes on him. I was like, yeah, nah. That was me going over the hump. Did it? <laughs> hey man, we'll see. Maybe once I get back in shape and things open up, yeah. I can. So show you how you're not better than me. You're a really good defender, and if blocking fouls were a thing with us, you'd probably get fouled out of the game every fucking time. <laughs> I get fouled out? You would yeah, foul, you out. foul out. Yeah, you throw your arms out, and you it's can't some, move. It's a blocking foul. It's a blocking sure. foul. I literally get smacked by five people every I'm time not I saying, I'm not saying Frank, that you're not shooting it's a, it's a bit of a Shaq treatment, bro. I know. <laughs> like, are you getting <laughs> fouled? I'm yes. Are you, are you, yes. I mean, listen. Are you getting fouled sometimes? Yes. Are you fouling us? Yes. You are <laughs> That's taking, all I'll say. You're taking like 10 free throws a game in a pickup game. 100%. Bro. And you're also at five fouls steady at the end of the fourth I, quarter. I'll take that. You have five. Got to use them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in pickup, you have unlimited amount. Yeah, so exactly. Right. So anyway, so, so back, back on to Ginobili. It. Yeah, back to Ginobili. Yeah. So, so you, you're landing Ginobili over here at 74, which may be why your J.R. Smith Ginobili comparison landed so heavy with you. Yeah. Where Texas is looking at 93. Yeah. So. Correct. I think that when we talk about Ginobili, so he has four titles to his name. Um, I won't. I think it was his rookie year or second year he won a title with the Spurs. I won't say he was one of the better players on that team. But of those three titles. Well. On, well, of maybe all four of those titles, he was the third best player on his team. Um. You look at his career uh, shooting percentages, given his minutes per game, and you translate them to per 36, they get pretty ridiculous. Um, to go along with that, he's a career six-man guy. Only has a six-man of the year award once, which is an absolute sin. I think that's a sin amongst, like, like, like I don't know, LeBron James MVP awards not being, like, only given what? like 2011. Yeah, shut up. That's not one of them. It is one of them. It's the, okay. Shaq not being – like, there's a lot of, like, NBA sins that have happened. I think Ginobili not getting the Sixth Man of the Year award multiple times is kind of ridiculous. Also has an all-NBA nod from coming off the bench. Which is kind of baffling. Um, Incredibly baffling. Who I, does that? He, he's a two-time all-NBA guy. Oh, excuse somehow. me, two-time. Um, yeah, I don't uh, – do not understand that. But I'll say this. So, Ginobili's at 93 – I'm already ready to alter it. Uh, when I initially made it, I was like, for a guy that's steady coming off the bench, how high can you be? But, like, he answered that, and I think there isn't a better level you could perform as a as a bench player. He's an all-NBA player coming off the bench. His per-36 numbers are incredible. Shooting, true shooting percentages, I don't have them up in front of me right now, but they're awesome. Um, you take a look at his highlight reel. Um absolutely just 
it baffles. Well, I know we've been like, kind of stuck on the baffle word, but it is baffling how he was able to make up so many people miss with his passes, dribbles, uh, sh- shooting, three-pointer. Uh, he's a good finisher. Yeah, I mean, Again. Crafty is, like, he personifies, excuse me, personifies craftiness. I, 100%. Um, yeah, no. Maybe the best Euro- best. Well, again, he's not European. Yeah, Argentinian. Best, best foreign player of all time, arguably. Uh, no. Uh, only because, sorry, and I don't want to be that deliberate. Dirk Nowitzki exists, and Hakeem Olajuwon exists. True. He's one of. He's one, one of, of the, the best foreign players that you're going to like met Afro mention um after you know you get past some of the you know your all-time greats but he's up there Nash too right Steve Nash is Canadian Uh, Canadian Canadian yeah yeah. you're right okay let me take that back but four titles um Kyrie's 68 new list and from Australia oh that's right and Duncan is uh from the Keys right or the Keys are part of the states but he's from Bahamas that, that's right. Yeah, he yeah he hails further south. So I th- I'm not sure if he would count okay. as uh, all world or not. Ginobili is nowhere near the greatest <laughs> foreign <laughs> players that you'll find. But it's a shame this is gonna be edited out, so we'll never hear it. <laughs> He's inc- you're fucking damn right. All this is edited out. He's um, a man of power. <laughs> I'm inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Shit. That's gonna be another like social media post. <laughs> Ginobili, I am the best forum player. <laughs> Cody in the editing room. Yeah. I'm inevitable. Wait, isn't Tony? <laughs> did we already see Tony Parker says. on that list? We didn't say Tony Parker. <laughs> He's on the same team. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, the Frenchman. And higher on your list than Ginobili. Pause. Wait, really? Do you have Tony Parker higher than Ginobili? I think I do. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't remember going over that. CP made my list, but Tony Parker made your he, list, but they're right me. next to each other, right? I think Tony yeah. Parker is on. Tony Parker definitely is on my list. I think he's higher than Ginobili. Wow. Okay. Shoot. We should have made that a thing. Well, we haven't gotten to Tony Parker yet on my list. Which wait, I, we haven't. I think he's. Is he, he tier four? I don't know. I'll tell you guys in a second. Good. Where do oh I have goodness. Tony Parker ranked on my um, list? I just give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> 63. 63. He just 63. I have him I have him Beating 11 spots ahead of Manu. Davis. Oh, that's wild, bro. <laughs> Man, Anthony to be fair, what? Anthony Davis just jumped up 10 spots after make winning the NBA finals this past. Yeah. This past yeah. Season. AD now fits into like my original bracket. It looks a lot better now. Right. Um but uh I'm at a loss for words. So so if you look at Tony Parker Tony Parker, one was a starter on all of those teams. His assist, okay. His assist are a lot higher than than Ginobili. Well, he's a starter, so he well also well, a point guard. He's a point, guard. point guard. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, he's a better facilitator than Ginobili. Um, when it comes to scoring, they're pretty equal on their splits. Um, I think he was when you talk about the best players on those Spurs teams that won those finals awards, like post you, Robinson, obviously post Robinson, yeah. I think Ginobili was the third best player. We're, we're having this argument right now. He's the third best player. I think the second best player in a lot of those teams were Tony Parker. I get yeah. In the in the, in the uh, 2007 finals, I think Tony Parker was the best player out there. I'll definitely dispute best. He won finals MVP, which is a fair accolade and worthy of uh, being respected. But, um, yeah, no. Uh, I can't. I just can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't Listen. do it. I. You can't have Ginobili, Tony Parker over Ginobili. Yeah, because I was going to – so here's the thing. We got the 
going back through Spurs history, we have the 99 finals. Young boy Duncan and David Robinson while he's still good. He's not in his prime really anymore, but he's still really good. He's prob- he's quite possibly the best player on that team. Also, it's probably the worst example of an NBA season to continue. Sure, this is lockout year we're talking about. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Spurs win the title. Cool. Next title, fast Those forward. Three. Yeah, uh, Tim Duncan's now the undisputed best player on this team. But Ginobili's hitting, like, really clutch shots. Like, this is a dogfight in the finals. Very ugly, low scoring. But Ginobili... That's not going... The the finals does not go in the Spurs' favor without Duncan being the best player in the league at that point, at least in contention with Shaq, uh, and Ginobili not hitting some wild shots. Followed by the 2005 finals, where Ginobili even shows out even more. He is low-key the MVP of that finals. But he wasn't. Tony Parker was. Like, no, 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 no. No, there's a... That's the fourth finals that we're talking about. Oh, excuse me. Um, Because, you're right, 2007, uh, Tony Parker... Gets finals MVP. It's deserved because he's cooking the Cavs like crazy. Um, LeBron switches onto him, and he can't even keep up with him. The spin moves crazy. Dude's hitting floaters. It's wild. Kyrie Irving once said the most unguardable player in the league is Tony Parker. I mean, the spin move was cheese, bro. I mean, I, I've he's Head, got incredible pump ball fakes. control. Yeah. yeah, good up fakes. Savvy mid-range shooter. Could hit the outside shot on occasion. Tremendous floor general. Yeah. no, Dude was terrific. Uh, I would just say for when it comes to the importance for championships, Ginobili gets like two nods for me to Tony Parker's one. You nah, can argue dude. two because, but then like, I look at the tw- I look at the 2014. 2013, 2014. Tony so Parker 2014. is so much more relevant than Ginobili at that point of their careers. Like Ginobili it's close. And Tony Parker was able to have a near I want not a max deal, but I think he got like three years, fifty million dollars from the Charlotte Hornets after the Charlotte Hornets runs. we're talking about. Okay, it's the Charlotte Hornets, but he got fucking money afterwards. And there's a reason because of that. I and again, I don't have all the numbers to back up my arguments, but if we're gonna look at all time points scored, all times assists, all time steals, I guarantee, guarantee it that Tony Parker is well ahead. Of Manny Ginobili and all those all-time leaders. Let's clip that audio because I can't wait for that to come out. <laughs> um, actually, well, since we're here, if you want, we go can at least it. tell total points. Yeah, total points. Check if it out. we can, if we between can find, huh? Between the two people, yeah. Or just do a straight-up player comparison between Tony Parker and Manny Ginobili since this is actually getting kind of saucy. All right. First off, before I even do that, best reference says Tony Parker had one of the hottest wives. Before he cheated on her. Even Ligoria, that's just true. Yeah, you gotta give it to him. I don't know about Manu's, um, Manu's strange, what he was able to pull, but. Hey, Manu's just a better teammate. That's just all it is. Because yeah. <laughs> right. it was actually, he cheated on with his teammate's wife, Brent Barry. Brent Barry's <laughs> wife is the one uh, really? Tony Parker hooked up with, yeah. Really? And their teammates in San Antonio. All right, so what stats are we comparing here? Well, we well, want, said total points was what the total, guarantee, I'm arguing right? total points, assists, and steals that Tony Parker's the leader in. All right. By the way, he's a starter. Game difference, first off. I, I don't care. Tony Parker has two number of games. Uh, okay. Total points, Manu has 14,043. Tony Parker has 19,473. Okay. You said steals? Yeah. Manu had 1,392 to Tony's 1,053. Okay. Okay. What was the other stat? Manu was a good – It was assist. Quick assist. hands. Assist. Should favor Tony because he finished with like five and a half. Yeah, Manu got four thousand and one assists. Nice. 
to Tony Parker's 7,036. Like, we're talking yes. the multiple thousands here ahead of him. And I don't care. Like, the games played, if you're talking about that as an argument, well, Central you kind of already threw that at me with the whole Yao Ming thing. Like, what? Like, the, the what? argument against a player because of his games played. Like, he didn't have enough games played or wasn't on the court enough. Like, I think it's the same Tony argument. Tony Parker also played two more years than him and also played 12,000 more minutes during those years. And I don't, I mean, some of it's injury, some of it's the fact that Tony Parker was a starter. Yeah, so Ginobili spent three years so in then Italy. You're gonna, so yeah. then you can argue Ginobili's peaks being an all NBA player. Does Tony Parker, can you go to. Tony he does, have, he does have all NBA uh, nods. I think three or four. Four, uh, three or four all. Uh, four time all NBA. I don't know what that, like where they rank but four-time all-nba six-time all-star six-time all-star a one-time finals mvp has Correct. as many championships four chips four like, championships yeah. as him so I, I like tony parker in my opinion was always the better player on those teams maybe there was some years in the early on spurs where ginobili had a higher peak and then then parker he was able to sustain it and be a significant player for the spurs in the early 2000s as a starting point guard mid-2000s as their MVP in a final series, even though it was very lopsided. Tim Duncan's on that team. And in 2013-2014, where they were now building around more of a, even more so of a team play with uh, Kawhi Leonard now up and coming. And Ginobili was basically a, you know, catch-and-shoot guy. Ginobili was basically a catch-and-shoot guy. I just, listen, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll accept your argument, and I'll tell you what's wrong. Tony Parker is a much more significant player to the Spurs' success Throughout their throughout their title runs, just as one more side note, uh, and some men did not know about Shinobi. What do you guys just just in general that you can find on Basketball Reference? What do you guys consider to be the single most stat to determine how good you are at defense? Um, oh, your single the stat to help you determine your defensive. So I'll I'll give you three options to pick from. There's defense Def- defensive rating and defensive blocks plus minus. All right, and any defensive win shares? Yes or no? Defensive win shares over forty eight minutes. I think is my is something I would value because win shares is well. I you, get win shares for forty eight, but I can't get defensive win shares for. That's why I meant I meant I meant that I meant. Yeah, the win shares are fair, especially because they're on the same team. So yeah, you know, for most of it anyway. So defensive win shares, Manu. It was 8th, 13th, 16th, 12th in four different seasons in the NBA. Okay. While coming off the bench. Or pretty sure he came off the bench. Yeah, he came, he came off the bench his whole career. On top of that, his defensive box plus minus. Uh, Love that stat. 4th, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 5th. Okay, mm-hmm. so he was a very good defender. Defensive ratings, 6th, 6th, 4th, 5th, 12th. A, an incredible defender through his career, actually. Okay, that's interesting. So that's my only campaign. It, it comes down to versatility in terms of impact. I think you know we can call it you know about equal, I suppose, if we're going to give it's not. Parker for France and then Ginobili for you know South America, Argentina. It doesn't count for NBA parts, but he okay. got a gold medal. I mean, yeah, th- and that. Is pretty. That's a pretty big deal. That's a good boost. I didn't consider it the gold medal in uh, 04. Right. So, it's not NBA, but in terms of like a resume, I, I, I'd shout that out. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's just what it comes down to. Ginobili had a higher peak, in my opinion. I agree, Parker, considering the 2013-2014 Spurs, where it was more perimeter-centric, he was a bigger part at that point than Ginobili, where I think Ginobili was more important in 03 and 05. 
Sure. So it's like if you want to go was, two for two. Which was also the right around the same time where he beat Team USA. Right. So you could say between 02 and 05, Manu Ginobili was amazing. Yeah. Solid Terrific. two-way player all around, but if you take a look at Tony Parker's longevity and his accolades and what he was able to provide through his team throughout the entire thing, along with the finals MVP, the finals MVP is huge. That, that is the highest me- moment of the, the team's, you know, the highest level that you can perform at, at the, you know, with the most on the line, and he was the best player in that series. And the series involved Tim Duncan and LeBron James. Like, that's, and I'd still, I'd have to really sit back and watch that series again. Nobody inclined, wants to do that. I'm inclined. No, I don't. But I'm inclined mm-hmm. to say Tim Duncan should have gotten the Finals MVP despite Tony Parker's great performance. But that's either near or there. And we yeah. initially started this with uh, Ginobili. So you had Ginobili seventieth, seventy fourth, seventy fourth, and to my ninety three. I'm definitely more inclined to move him up much higher. Um, Still in tier five, we're talking here, but uh, I don't think he moves in the tier four. 100%. Probably low eighties, yeah. I'd say like late seventies. I think in terms of that ranking, I just don't think that you can find a bench player who was able to impact this team that drastically and the rest of the league. Something that Frank just actually pulled up that I wasn't super aware of was how significantly great of a defender Manu was. When you base it on his box plus minus, which you know takes into account you're on the court, what, how are you impacting the other team's success? And it was phenomenal. It was top top ten in the league multiple seasons. So, I that's something I didn't consider even beforehand. So I'm now inclined to improve or move Nobly up. I don't think he moves out to your five, but like, yeah, man, it, it, a very solid basketball player that needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I hate that it's a conversation. I don't think it is. No, it shouldn't be a conversation. Who do you think has a higher Hall of Fame probability, Kyrie or Manu Ginobili? Kyrie, I, I, if I had to take a guess. Probability, as yeah. of right now, Yeah, I'm going Manu Ginobili. Manu's got a 20. I actually messed up the first one I was going to compare it to, but now I actually want to see if Kyrie uh, is higher. Uh, Chris Bosh at a 99.5. Right. Good <laughs> for him. Um, Sucks that he's not in there yet. I, it's just a matter of time, I think. Yeah. I forget what the years are for the Manu class. Manu's at a twenty percent. You said Kyrie's okay. I, I was fucking right. Manu's at twenty. Kyrie eighty three point seven. That's, that's bullshit. That's insane. That's annoying. I, I mean, that's, I'm annoyed. Uh, uh, <laughs> Fuck yeah. you, basketball reference. I'm yeah. just being, please don't, never stop doing your thing. <laughs> stop doing your thing. That's really annoying. I, I'm not sure if they actually. I think yeah, they come up with the stat, but I forget who votes on that. Four. Um, he's a four-time NBA champion. Yeah, sixth man of the year. Sixth man of the year. Two-time All-NBA. Resume's terrific. Resume's amazing. And we're talking, this is the Basketball Hall of Fame once again. So you've got to consider that gold medal. Yeah, and like the Pro League in Italy. I mean, yeah, that's... Drazen Petrovic is in the fucking Hall of Fame. Ginobili also has three years where he got MVP votes. That's in... Yeah, that's uh, it's wild. <laughs> that's... I mean, good grief. That's, that's going to be another segment. I can't wait for you. Snubs. Just keep bringing up these MP, mm-hmm. MVP okay. votes. I love, <laughs> yeah. not right now, but like as we bring up players, I want to hear about this kind of Short stuff. Short King Isaiah Thomas got MVP votes. Back that was in, like, a good year for him, man. 29 points a game, dude. 2003, oh, yeah. 2004, Manu Fish finished second in steal percentage. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but listen. Give me Ginobili over Tony Parker. But in any case. Dude, nah, man. In any okay. case, Frank, Frankie Dumps. <laughs> wait, Frank. Frank. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, who was better? Who has a better career? Who's better higher? Career? Who's higher in your list? Right, that's what, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're hugging. They're hugging? They're hugging. Like, within five? Within, like, three. Mm. Okay. 
I think it's it's Parker by a smidge. Put it on the board. Parker by a smidge. I've never, I, I've never wanted to call Skip Bayless more in my life. Because <laughs> I, I know he's going to ride for Ginobili. I'm being such a hoe right now. I understand it. It's just that, I, again. I, I, I agree it's, it's close. I, I'm definitely yeah. not I'm not besmirching Tony Parker here. Yeah. I just, I guess I am, actually. Because come to think of it, I would have him on. He's lower than Ginobili for Texas, me. But <laughs> if... Uh, you know He's what? on the list. I may edit it out when Frank went over it, but I'm not going to edit it out now because I'll wear it on my chest. I had Tony Parker one spot ahead of Anthony Davis. Yeah, I'm. That's tier four, so it doesn't. Is it tier four? Yeah, we're not there yet. We're, we're not, not going to get to yet. it. We're not going to get to it. It's one, one step ahead. We didn't have to spoil the tier so people know where Anthony Davis is now. But well, you, don't know. you have the power to say this never happened. Thank true. you. <laughs> All right, so moving on past the Spurs, which this turned into. Um, next on our list is Mr. No 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 himself. Uh, we already talked about him a bit before. Uh, one of the best shot blockers of all time. I think we talked about him enough in the I first part. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you think right after him on the list? So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. <laughs> we, yeah, we touched on because Texas had him so had him low yeah, and 90. had him pretty higher. So yeah, so just as yeah, a. That was a Matumbo fell to or landed at seventy two for Cody right. and ninety for Tex. I mean, yeah, yeah. We already talked a bit about that. Um, though if we, we can move past it. Yeah, yeah. I got Matumbo moving up a little bit. I'll give him more credit for being a defensive anchor for teams that at least had moments. But I don't. I can't have him seventy. He also played into his mid forties, bro. Man, you gotta give some respect to those guys. He- Hey, picture of health, sure, that that good for him. Uh, that's definitely worthy of admiration, but that's not moving him up on the list. He was the second player on that on the best Sixers team in the last like thirty years. <sighs> moving, no, moving yeah, on. not the best Sixers team in the past thirty years. That's not the best Sixers. They made it to the finals in the week okay. conference. Okay, it's a weaker conference. I mean, we it. had jo- Joel, Ben, Jimmy. Tobias. Okay. JJ. Most successful most successful Sixers team in the last 30 years. There you go. Fair. Fair. Unfortunately, Second true. best player. There you go. Anyway, uh, after Matumbo, we have another player, not that uh, was closer for your guys' opinions on rank than we thought it would be. Sure. Being Draymond Green. Right. A player who doesn't always show up in the stat sheet, per se, but one whose impact uh, goes beyond the numbers. Right. Where, where were the rankings on that between the two of us? I wrote close. Because. I think I think it was seventy. I think it was seventy four for me for Draymond Green. I have him seventy fourth. You have him seventy fourth. I, th- I thought you had him seventy sixth. I could be wrong. Draymond Green is seventy sixth on my list. He's seventy fourth on your list. Sure. Yes. Okay. There we go. So I mean, like, I don't have a lot to say because I felt like it kind of speaks for himself. You said earlier when you were talking about Chris Bosh being the second most important player to the Heat, the Heatles mm-hmm. during their little era. Right. Uh, whereas you could say Draymond Green was the second most important player to the the Warriors run, and a lot of basketball, you know, apologists and analysts analysts would argue the same. Um, I mean, when you talk about why we switch everything in the NBA nowadays, when did when did that really start? I think the Heatles deserve a lot of credit for that. Yeah, um, because like I said, I mean, you're, that's when they really started to adopt sort of that undersized lineup. Sure. Um, was during that era, but I mean, there are definitely plenty of teams. I mean, that were switching like crazy. I, but I guess it's like 
I would have said the 04 Pistons with Larry Brown, but then like Ben Wallace, he might be able to switch, but he's still like a predominant rim protector. Yeah. So maybe not that far. Well, either way, during those Heatles, uh, Draymond Green was actually drafted during their run. So when when LeBron James was still in the Heat, um, so I think that I Draymond Green was a product of that draft, or excuse me, was a product of that method of the I want a very versatile four who can defend multiple positions, and he, I mean like. He's the poster child for it. He is the poster child for defending multiple positions. I mean, at Michigan State, running under Tom Izzo's system, he was basically their point guard. Um, and it was so funny watching him dribble the ball up with how – he's such a fucking fat dude. It's it's hilarious that the way he was able to facilitate. And he's a phenomenal passer. Um, excellent defender. Like, he – there isn't a part of basketball that he's really bad at it. If scoring wise, I don't think he's that terrible of a scorer. I know his points per game is super low, but he's got a floater. He's he had a three point jump shot in Game Seven of the NBA Finals. He was the only team player performing for the Warriors in 2016. I hit, right? I think he hit like I, I think he hit like six threes. Yeah, six or seven. The dude was hooping. Yeah, I, he had like almost 30 points or over 30 points. Frank, you might have to fat check that one, but game seven of 2016. Yeah, I'm he, willing to bet 28 or 31 points. I'm going to say over 30 points in that game. He was incredible for them. So he's a game-time player. He always knows how to pre- perform at the you know the keyest moments. I, I can't talk enough about him other than the fact that he's low-key offensively incompetent. But when he needs to be, he is. And talk about yeah. Draymond's eight for twelve three point game. Yep. Yeah, it's thirty-seven right. points. Thirty-seven 37. points in a closeout finals game. Yeah. Like that's like from a guy who's offensively uh, inadequate. Right. Yeah, no, I mean that's just his three point shot has definitely fallen off, and I think he could still do more on offense, but elects not to. He's definitely passed first uh, in the last two years, especially. Um, one of the smartest players in the league, too, I might add. Yeah, I mean, dude is beyond high IQ. I mean, he knows everyone's rotations offensively and defensively. I mean, you saw it briefly this year. If you're watching any Warriors basketball, yes, yeah, Steph is an MVP candidate, but that team has no chance of winning ball games without Draymond. No, no, seriously. The way he's, like, literally screaming at these players on the court, having these crazy antics. I know there was a gif where he was, like, literally jumping off the court. I think he was, like, pointing at Kelly Oubre, like, get, cut, cut. Right. Yeah, he's, like, getting vertical with both legs. It is so funny. But you're right. Defensively, they're not winning any games. He has a couple of triple-doubles on the season, and I think it's really cool I mean, to he's see. their best facilitator. Yeah. And like, Steph is ob- St- Steph is still a great playmaker, without a doubt, and can be just a good pass passing point guard. But, I mean, this dude runs an offense so well. Uh, that's the one perk of him losing, you know, a jump shot, basically any kind of shooting, really. Um, the dude just can pass. Mm-hmm. Like crazy, and three-time champion, um, right. significant uh, a significant player, a part of all those championship runs, um, third or fourth best player on those teams, um, and uh, we already talked about his value. Kind of goes past that. Uh, two-time All NBA player and a Defensive Player of the Year award. Yeah, I mean this is this is an easy Hall of Fame resume, and yeah, I mean the only discrepancy we have <laughs> goes back to fucking Dennis Rodman. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, no, I just I, I'm I'm a, I'll say it, uh, this is my freaking trademark. Uh, I'm a sucker for versatility. The dude is just he does everything I'd want out of a f- power forward really in today's game. Yeah. If your name's not like Kevin Garnett, um, so yeah, that, it, it's love it, absolutely love it. And part of me wants to move him up 
little higher, but realistically, can't, I can't. I can't have six him points really. per game. Six points exactly. per game's career. You can't really move him up because of that. He's not really scoring the ball. But right. anybody who argues with me that Draymond's not an elite scorer, I would say sure. But in the most important game of his life, he hit eight of twelve threes and scored thirty-seven points, the most points in the game. Yeah, like Hooper. The, the, he he exactly Hooper show up when the game matters most, and they will do what their team asks for them. They lost that game. They lost that game. It's the biggest <laughs> game of his career that. by far. Yeah, they, I, yeah, he showed up. I mean, other guys had tougher performances. But you guys over under fifty percent Hall of Fame probability for Draymond. It has to be over. over. Please be over. If it's not over, that's a crying shame. We're really gonna do a segment about it's this. It's under, isn't it? Thirty-one point. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and Kyrie has an eighty. Yeah, I, I fucking hate. I think Kyrie we have Irvin. a whole pod just looking at players who are shoe ins for Hall of Fame and look at their Hall of Fame probabilities. My goodness, god damn it! I, That's I, so bonkers. Is it because like he doesn't have career totals that look good? I don't know, man. I he led the league in defensive box plus minus three or two times, and he's first among active players as well. That's what? I mean, you want to talk about guys that impact the game in various ways. Like, there's many, there's not many Swiss Army Knights that, excuse me, there's not many Swiss Army Knives that compare to, like, a Draymond Green. And, as I said, he's the poster child of, I need a wing that can switch onto every single player, because we're switching everything. It started around 2012, 2013, when he got drafted, and it... I mean, also, another thing. Do you talk just, about second-round picks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, but the man helped carve out small ball centers being a thing. Yeah. Like when, uh, you know, the Hampton Five was rolling out with KD. KD was adding, like, some rim protection, too. But it's Draymond who's really the center in that situation. Because of Draymond, they're able to run the best small ball lineup. Probably the best lineup, I think, in NBA history. It's It's pretty disgusting. I mean... And he and it only I, happens because of him. Because if you throw out another center like a Zaza or um, what are some other centers they had? They had Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney. You run. You throw out one of those guys, then all of a sudden the Festus lineup becomes. Festus Azili. Festus oh, Azili. I was about to say. No, you throw out some of these fives into that starting lineup, and the, you know, as your quote unquote death lineup, you have a guy there. It's like okay, on the offensive end. You know, we're just going to run pick and roll, and our best offensive player is going to be guarded by Kevon Looney, trying right. to get two or three points out of out of that possession every time. With Draymond Green, that changes everything. You can never run whoever offense. Yeah, yeah, you can run whoever offense, whatever kind of defense. It's literally, in my opinion, the best lineup in NBA history, and it's going to be very hard to top. Oh, I should have said, so whoever offense is when you have a player, basically who's a bucket, a la oh, Seth me. Curry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like whoever's on him, it's whoever offense. You just which you is, just target them. Which is how everybody is. That's the counter nowadays to – switchables that everybody switches so find the weak point to it's go to that guy yeah, yeah. or get sure. the switch where rudy gobert ends up on steph curry and then <laughs> well even then that's okay but listen another reason why i want the Cavs to trade Darius garland it's like we have too many too whoever soon too, yeah, okay. too soon too many whoever's um too soon. but i'm glad that we agree on something we had a very heated manu ginobili tony parker discussion uh, Dennis or Dennis Rodman is like a 30 man difference 40 man difference in the list for us so yeah all right, round things out. Our last player to talk about tonight is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, oh, obviously man. we're breezing over a couple of players that we would want to talk about um, that are, like, players that, you know, 
either I or him have in our tier fives that come up later in our tier fours that we'll right. revisit. Um, obviously, that's something that we'll do. We'll track back to our previous tiers um, with our rankings to see where we have. We just want to introduce the fifth. But yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo being at, uh, I think he's my 65th, 66th. He's your 66th player. Yeah. With Tex having him at a higher tier. A higher tier overall, and we will not disclose that right now. Correct. Yeah. Um, Fight. <laughs> so, Giannis who's, was a... Sorry, who's your 65th player, by the way? Do you have that? Your 66 I, was Giannis. Do so, my 66 was Giannis. My 65th is... Dennis Johnson. Dennis Johnson, DJ. We do, we do have something in common, then. Because I've got, I've got Dennis Johnson, 65th. Oh, that's yeah. two players, yeah, then. Yeah. Now the seventy seven yeah. is not a big deal anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we have we're gonna have repeats. So yeah, I, I did Dennis Johnson like the very top of my uh, tier five. Yeah, yeah. Well, just out of curiosity, just want to bring that. Right, up. right for this. Uh, I want to touch on DJ for a quick second before we get to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Somebody had to catch the steal by Bird. <laughs> like to have the awareness to be like, oh yeah, the best player of this team is going to steal this ball with two and a half seconds left, no timeouts. Throw behind the back pass, falling out of bounds. I got to be right here to catch the ball. DJ, man. Fucking, yeah. fucking DJ, man. Um, but anyway, that, I just had to touch on that because I think he's such an interesting basketball player, a very good floor general, and just that play, I think, epitomizes uh, his um, all-around uh, impact on basketball. We got to so, stop saying touch on. <laughs> it's it's Frankie Dump's thing. I, I, started, I started to incorporate it a little bit, I'm sure. I edit these out. I edit these out. It's <laughs> yeah. tough. It's tough. I also say like I say it all the time. I say like I say like and like thought of and stuff like that too or thought on. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Giannis Antetokounmpo over uh, just ahead of Dennis Johnson in my uh, tier five. Just and below. He's in, huh? Mind you, you have Johnson ahead. Dennis Johnson is just ahead of Giannis Antetokounmpo in my all-time list. It's funny because Texas saying he can't place players that are still active as well. And he puts Giannis somewhere. And he above has this. And he's having this visceral reaction at me for well, having the fucking yes. DJ above him. Well, DJ and has, I love DJ. DJ. Has three, yeah, was he have three championships? Uh, two time all yeah, three NBA, three time NBA championship, nine time All Defensive Player. Yeah, uh, which is which is bonkers. Like, dude, dude was legit. He was a bona fide like star before going to Boston. Yeah, he could um, he could have had a career where he maybe won a chip leading a team, but instead he sacrificed a lot to be with Larry Bird and performed fantastically. He's an amazing teammate. Yeah, we got to recognize DJ. Give DJ a quick shout-out, but let's get on to Giannis. Yes. yes. I have Giannis just below DJ for these reasons I just mentioned and because just – and people are going to hate me for this. I haven't seen enough out of him. I really haven't. He's had a five-year window here where it's been spectacular, back-to-back MVPs, right. um, only player to average, I think, what was it, 27, 12, and 5, or something like that? Yeah, um, I think that's about right. It, like One of three players, if I'm not mistaken, for MVP and DPOY. Yeah, now he's he just got that this past yeah. year. And he he jumped up my list, because before I was like saying, like, oh, one MVP, four-year stretch of some pretty good stats, do I put him in the list? Yeah, I think he gets in there. After he won that next MVP award, I'm like, okay, now he propels himself, you know, a lot further. But you gotta take a look at postseason success with Giannis Antetokounmpo. He doesn't have a ton of it. He hasn't made it to the conference finals yet, and that hurts a lot. He did make it to the conference finals though. Against Toronto. When he played against Toronto, uh, Sixers lost in the semifinals. That's right. 
What about? Um, yeah, it's just that one. I thought that was. I keep thinking the Sixers were the conference. Finals Who did he play in the conference finals year. this past year? Who did it? Uh, they played in the division. Um, Boston. Wait, no. Toronto played. Yeah, Boston. They played Boston in the conference finals. Because uh, they. Tr- he played Boston. He played. Yeah, he played Boston. Uh, the Bucks lost to the Heat in the second round. Yeah, and it wasn't yeah. even close. Yeah, because Giannis got hurt and yeah, but yeah, Giannis got hurt for one game. <sighs> he got hurt. If I'm not That's mistaken, the game they fucking won. He had twenty in the first quarter. He, please fact check me on this. If Gian- Giannis was at game four, then because Middleton ends up like kind of cashing out and closing, they lose in five. If I'm not mistaken, but Giannis I think had twenty before he got hurt. Uh, hold on. So in any case, going back to Giannis. Having a one conference finals appearance uh, to then lose to the eventual championship team in the Toronto Raptors of 2019. I have a really tough... I mean, we're talking about these accolades. A two-time MVP is nothing to kind of like, you know, shake your head at. A DPOY, which by the way is very well deserved. I agree. He is a bona fide top five. I just about top one defender for me. Now, granted, the POI might go to somebody else this year, uh, possibly a sixer, but is still a top three defender in the league. Extremely dangerous on offense. Is his offensive bag, if you will, uh, diverse? No, not really. But let's say you take out transition points, his points per game probably drop by like nine. Sure, but I mean, we could say that about some of the best slashers ever. I, I agree and, with and you. And he, he plays like baby Shaq. I say baby, Orlando Shaq. And he's got terrific dominance. And also, sometimes it's not him having bad playoff performances. Need I remind you of Eric Bledsoe? Because yeah, the New Orleans Port- Pelicans point cur- guard. For, yeah, current for, point for guard reason. for the Pelicans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got cooked by Scary Terry a few years back. And I do mean cooked. For a defensive guard, he's an all-defensive guard, supposedly, got cooked by a bench point guard. So, Bledsoe notoriously doesn't show up in the playoffs. Middleton had a couple of bad series prior to this past year. Middleton, I think, is a legit, like, second star now. Um, so, he has no excuse, and I think he played well last year. Giannis had a rough series, but then got hurt, and that's what soiled their whole plans. Also, Miami had, like, the perfect kryptonite in Bam Adebayo. Yeah, okay, but... The one conference finals appearance, which I'll keep that in because you, if you're going to fact check me so much, I got to give you. So, a couple I mean, of sorry. Here. No, it's worth it. It's worth it. I love it. Were we fact checking? No, cause it's all about the conference it, finals. I say you never made it to a conference finals, so okay. I want to keep that in because because I definitely need to get a, a couple of zings on that one um, for this for these kind of miscues. I got a, I got a hot take if you want one. Give it to me, Giannis. With this new deal with the Bucks, mm-hmm. he will during this contract will not win an NBA championship with the Bucks. Actually, we have a bet for this, right? Yeah, we did. We did isn't talk about a, this. Isn't this a uh, glass of bur- or bottle of bourbon on this one? 150 bucks. Oh, it's 150 bucks. <laughs> no, what's a bottle of bourbon on? <laughs> the realization. The Warriors being the first seed in the West this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a fucking bottle of Woodford head of your way. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking oh, sucks. Clay so, Thompson, god damn it. I'm does sorry. anybody disagree with me? I don't think Giannis in the next, what, four years, five years? I think, we, I think we did have this. Uh, I say he does, and I bet you for it. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think I said he gets one. I think he gets one. Um, I think that any team that's going against Giannis – in the next four to five years where they're paying him so much money, they 
super can't afford to bring in that many more pieces. They bought in Drew. It's got to be the next two, in my opinion. Listen, and I, with the Heat okay. playing the Bucks, that was not just Bam. Sure, I mean Jimmy Butler. They they had a, a really good game plan Butler and shut down the paint. And Spolster's terrific. I mean, oh, terrific absolutely. defensive coach. So Spoke gets incredible props for that that scheme he ran. But they clogged the paint basically. Yeah. They forced Giannis outside, forced Middleton and other people to beat them, and right. that is the winning formula. It was a gentleman's sweep. Giannis is plus minuses for those four games he played. Minus fourteen, minus seven, minus thirteen, plus two when he only played twelve minutes. Right. And then he didn't, he sat the last game. Did he have like twenty or something? He had nineteen in twelve minutes that game. Okay, that's... which is why he was only was why he was plus two. Right, right. <laughs> but I think that just goes along with my argument is that I just haven't seen the postseason success out of Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is kind of what makes me, you know, which propels a lot of these players because in the playoffs, with what Frank is saying is like I can game plan around you for a seven game series and then your real skill comes out. This is where players like James Harden, I'm like, yeah, you're great, but really, you know, Giannis, you're great, but really like Anthony Davis, uh, granted he had some shitty teams around him in the, with new Orleans, but it, it, during that one series, he won with new Orleans is against uh, the trailblazers against Portland, against yeah. Portland. It was just like, yeah, we can't game plan against this guy. He can score from every part of the court. He defends every position. I can't. I can't win with this guy. There's some players who are NBA greats that are so difficult to game plan against, and Giannis, unfortunately, is not one of those guys. You can game plan around Giannis, especially in a post game or postseason seven game series. Yeah, I mean, I to me, I look at it as I agree there is a lack of postseason success thus far. But if I'm not mistaken, the dude's 25, maybe 26. Yeah, so along those eight. I he think has he has time. Sure. Um, I'm not saying he's not going to grow. Like he's he's ju- almost tier four. Are you ranking him now or ranking him later? And yeah. that's what I'm saying. And I am ranking him. So my point is, like, I think that's something that will come in time. But right now, he has two MVPs. He's yeah. a hero. He's Yao Ming. Without MVPs. With MVPs. I mean, okay, well, there's a reason why Yao didn't make the cut for me and Giannis. Sure. Uh, I'm just saying, does. like, you want to talk about great regular season and no postseason success. I, I would say that he has more postseason success than Yao. I sure. Mean, sure, and, like, I have, like, but, 10 more pieces of chest hair but than not Cody. That, but not <laughs> by much. <laughs> Yo, but not, if you I mean, consider, we're saying not, not, by we're, the, not by much. We're, we're saying not by much, but it's... A little more substantial than the, that. The sample I mean, size, the sample size of Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you could are you looking at his reference page? So the sample size of Giannis Antetokounmpo, I believe, is about five years long, including two MVP seasons, and now we're getting into this season, which he's doing great. All Star Game MVP. That you know, I know it's a throwaway award, but put it on the resume. Um, it adds to it. it, it maybe not significantly enough, but it, we have a five year run where he's very good to excellent. And when I mean excellent, I mean excellent. But that is so small. That's so small. I mean, ugh, we're saying that's small, but then I'm look, I'm looking at guys, and you had, like, what if it, Steve Nash retired after 2007? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, we're talking about Nash, who had his MVPs back to back, who also was a negative on one end of the floor. Yeah. Like, and we both have Nash higher. I'd imagine, yes. like Nash is coming later in your uh, pyramid at some point. I don't know how Giannis is not like getting out of tier five for what he has already done. Like, Listen. there is a lack of postseason success, but he's been available, and when he has, 
he is turning out insane regular seasons. I I, I agree with you. I just the the sample size. If he does this for another year or two, he's hundred percent in tier four. Especially mm. if he gets past the semifinals, or if he gets to another conference finals, at least definitely in tier four, maybe halfway through tier four. He's a guy that is, has the potential, I think, to rise up to like the top. I, I just said a Hamilton thing. <laughs> I thought about it. Rise up. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck me. That threw me off. I've been thinking about it. It gets in your head, man. Yeah, and I'm going to listen to Hamilton on the way back. <laughs> okay. He, he of all the modern players, I think, that I have on my list, has the opportunity to rise up to the top tiers the fastest with the best velocity. Sure. And I mean, and I mean that because he is a bona fide top three player in the league right now. I think top three, most certainly, actually. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, where it is, with how stacked the league is, if he continues on his trajectory, there's no – like he could – like like I could see him, if he gets some postseason success, like a title or two, being a tier two guy. Tier one guy maybe even, who depending on how he dominates. Maybe not tier one, but say, tier two. Tier one is definitely high, but yeah, yeah. No, you know what I mean? Don't disagree. The potential, the potential is insane there, but what Frank said, we're ranking him now. We're not ranking him for what will probably happen. I think if Giannis wins a title, I think he he skyrockets more than any other player on this list or not on this right. list. Like, yeah, you add a, a smidge of postseason success, like like good success, like like finals. Even a know. seven game loss in the finals or a oh six game yeah. loss in the finals. I mean, I, I think yeah. he hits tier four, rush rushing tier three in that sense. Yeah, in, in, definitely, indubitably. Yeah, but like. We and I know, like I said, like I don't have a I don't have a tier list. I don't have who's around him, but like I, he has two MVPs, which is hard to deny. Um, I just think his style of basketball isn't conducive to winning a championship. And while it's conducive to scoring points and it's conducive to being an absolute bully, uh, I don't think that makes him just like the best basketball player in the world. Or even like when he won MVP, I feel like LeBron. Earn some of those, or like Kawhi in his championship season. Like, there's other people who also probably should have won it more in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it's the because I one. discredit that's the twenty nine. That 2019 postseason, I think, is one to look at. It's like we had the best player in the league, the MVP, a guy that we're like, oh, this is going to be the next LeBron. Shaq's hyping him up like this is our next. And then Kawhi Leonard comes out of nowhere, and he does it again. Like he did to LeBron in 2013-14. It's like, yeah. no, I, I see what you're doing. I see I am better than you. Yeah. I know how to stop you. And so, so like, that was a big indicator of me. If they beat the Raptors, they made it to the postseason that or the finals that mm-hmm. year. It, everything Frank's saying, but he didn't, and he needs to take that next step. He's so young, and there's so much more to see. I wish I knew what number you had him at or what tier. Is it tier three? Can can I? I wish I knew. Like thing in your head that always. I'm so curious. I'm I'm really a curious motherfucker. It's tough, man. Don't don't tell me. You and the others will have to tune in to another future episode. (laughs) I think he's gonna tune in. (laughs) I will be here. I'll be your number one fan for this shit, man. No, I think it's just 66. I think is maybe a little low, but I'm pretty firm on that because Dennis Johnson, like you said, all nine all all defensive. I remember researching it and being like, that's incredible. Um, yeah, and I think if even Giannis keeps a relative pace, like not even as good as he's been, but like even a little bit worse over a, a span of like the next eight nine years, 
then he, he jumps above that just, just for being somewhat consistent and being dominant. Yeah. I mean, by the end of the season, he might be in Tier 4. Yeah. Yeah. So, But you see, but you understand what I mean by, like, right now we're ranking him. And it's yeah, just, like we don't even know. He's going to be an All NBA player. Will be All NBA first team. Will he be an All Defensive team. Will he win Defensive Player of the Year award at the end of the season? All those things are could happen. He might win the MVP in the next three years again. I mean, we could even get analytical with this shit and be like, which player in our in our pyramids here is like highest with the least amount of seasons or games played or minutes right. played? Like, I bet I bet you Giannis is fucking top five. When it comes Giannis, to like, I mean, Anthony Davis is another one that I was looking at. I remember before last season, Anthony Davis was the guy that jumped the most on my list. He was a tier five guy. And I was like, listen, all time player efficiency rating, like leader or top three uh, next to uh, like Jordan with this shit. Like I said, you can't really game plan against him really well in a postseason, but he just can't get out of the first, second round, and it's impossible. Then he joined LeBron, and I was like, okay, it's a bit of a – listen, you did the whole clutch sports thing, hooked up with Rich Paul and got yourself a championship, but he got himself a championship. And there were at times in that postseason run in the bubble where he looked like the best player in the team, especially against the Nuggets, mm-hmm. especially in the finals. It, it, I, I just – yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, sure, eh, good. Because of Bam and stuff, but no, he looked like the best player on that team during spurts of that playoff run, so he jumped up 10 spots, and uh, we'll see where Anthony Davis lies now in all right. my all-time rankings. But, we just yeah. shit on Giannis and text the whole time, so text and closing statements. <laughs> uh, no, definitely not shitting on. I, I, I do understand the rationale um, of lack of postseason success. I can understand that. I think Giannis is and nothing like crazy yet. I'm fine with waiting because like i said i do have a tough time ranking current players because there is a give and a take and i like to give the guys who are at least done more of a shout out because they, they kinda, they're going to be the ones yeah. who are quickly forgotten or already forgotten in some cases they need it yeah and so, and that's fine like someone who's got their stuff set in stone like that's the stuff we should be talking about not stuff we're currently watching mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So what have you learned now? <laughs> no, so we went through 96 to 65. Um, I still have them higher, but that's fine. <laughs> is it 96 to 65, right? Uh, correct. Yep. Uh, there's one person missing on both your guys' lists that I'm kind of shocked about. He's the number one stretch four for the Sixers. Ah, uh, the three regional manager. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, wait. Yeah. Hold on. He didn't why make it. This, why does this not make sense? Is 96 to 35 – is 96 to 65 32? Yes. I don't know why that doesn't make sense mathematically. Because you have to include the boundaries. So you have to include 96 yeah. and 65. It's that last one. Oh, fuck, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. It's just like I did the saying same out loud. I did the same thing with 64. Saying mm. out loud just like kind of like fucks me up in the face. So, Sorry. Yeah. It's a it's a classic uh, blunder, I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, we just went through our Tier 5. It took two episodes to get this done. Um, we'll be revisiting the pyramid uh, later on. Again, we have a lot more content we want to give you guys. Check us out on our social media channels. We will have um, polls as well as both of our Tier 5 lists up. Uh, we want to hear what you guys think, uh, where you guys would have players differently, um, how ridiculous were our takes on some players. I, I per- personally think that um, I personally think that this was something we well thought out, but of course we would love to hear from you guys. Um, and Tier 4 will hopefully will be coming soon. Again, we have uh, our first guest coming up. In our next episode, which will be now our fifth episode, um, recorded. We time also, flies. Yeah, yeah, time flies. We have our. Um, we're going to get into our two guards 
uh, I believe next uh, the following week we'll be getting into our top five shooting guards preparing for our pyramids here on the three man we feature in myself Bodie as well as Frankie Dumps and Coach Texas thanks for joining me guys it's really fun likewise happy to be here thanks for having us